It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. She is headed for warmer climates to bring us the latest from the U.S. Grains Council annual meeting. I'm talking today with Heather Ramsey of the ARC Group. Heather, thanks for being able to join us on what's kind of an important day. A lot of analysts, a lot of trainers, a lot of farmers and ranchers watching for today's WASDE and USDA reports. Want to give everybody a quick recap of those ending grain stock numbers for corn. Came out right at the January 1.892 billion bushel soybeans, about 50 50 million bushels below the January at 425 wheat, though, still clinging near a billion at 940 million bushels. That was still down, though, 25 million bushels from the January USDA number. And I guess, Heather, the best place to start is let's get your reaction. How did the WASDE and USDA stocks reports hit you today? You know, there was there's always fear going into WASDE reports because there's a lot of unknowns around sometimes wondering, you know, where do they decide to actually make a change or not make a change sometimes? And I think our initial knee-jerk reaction today during the trade was a little aggressive. We actually saw beans go down about six and a half at one point, And I thought, uh-oh, here we go. The bear train has started again. Um, but then once people had time to digest these reports, I mean, you mentioned there's really only a few changes as far as U.S. stocks go. And that was a little bit in the beans, a little bit in the wheat. Uh, you know, pretty decent reaction, I think, at the close compared to this report. It was a very uneventful report, actually. You know, no changes to corn uh, on the U.S. side. Globally, very minimal changes happened globally as well. And so to have corn close down, you know, somewhere in that one and a half to two and a half all the way across the board, um, beans actually putting in a slight gain or unchanged pretty impressive considering the amount of initial knee-jerk reaction we had to then mellowing out and seeing kind of where the numbers really shake out. So I will take a neutral report any day over the fear of, you know, closing down 10 or something like that. So I'm actually okay with this report. You know, for a February report, it was pretty mild. I'm okay with that, Clay. You know, and that is one thing to keep in mind. When we think USDA reports, we think the grain trade specifically. Grains have to take the stairs up, but they can easily take the elevator down. So if we don't see the elevator yeah. to the downside, maybe it's a good day. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it seems like in the last two years, especially with having the trade war on, we've been very prone to hit the down button, so to speak, instead of you know doing anything that rights to ship very quickly as far as a rally goes. So to see us being fairly neutral is a good sign. It means maybe we've hit this plateau. Maybe we can kind of maintain the value we're at here until we can find the momentum to move back to the, to the upward trajectory. I know the ARC group, they closely watch the cycles uh, of past markets and previous performance, but they also are very key on the timing of markets and and Mm -hmm. where that should implement onto your marketing strategy. If we can not give away the golden goose, but kind of tell us we're in the middle of February. We're going to, before we know it, we're going to be getting ready to head into the field for spring planting. What should be kind of in a producer's back of their mind in terms of that timing on their operation? Yes, I think there's um, two really key things to be thinking about right now. One of them is your new crop plan. Um, we kind of always feel like by the end of February, you know, that, that's it. Have your plans in place for the 2020. For us, we're utilizing a lot of different averaging opportunities, uh, so selling every single day on incremental bushels between now and the end of June. It's really important to give yourself at least a decent window to be doing those or making those sales. Um, so for us, you know, kind of the drop dead date on those averaging style contracts is they need to start March 1st. So we're getting really, really close to that. Um, 
We're also looking for opportunities to put floors on. We typically find that good floor values happen um, through Jan, Feb. Uh, we get a, an opportunity to put some base coverage on that isn't too expensive, that being the key when volatility is still kind of low, it cheapens up options. And so that's kind of the other thing that we're looking at from a new crop standpoint. On the old crop side of things, you know, we're, we're getting ready that in, in two months, you know, we're going to be in the field planting, you know, fingers crossed. And uh, during that time frame, if we're leaving corn or beans on farm, well, we better have a hedge on and it better be paying to keep that corn or beans on farm. And right now, one of the discussions I'm having with clients is that the corn market isn't paying us to continue to store it any longer than we absolutely have to. Like, we need to be physically moving this grain and converting to a cash position in the market. And that's a little bit unusual for us. Usually we're kind of, you know, we're moving grain Jan, Feb, March but we're not trying to clean out on-farm storage, Jan, Feb, March. We're usually saving something for post-planting to be hauled, and that's not the case this year on corn. Beans, um, we still have some decent carrying beans, and so that's been a different conversation. Um, but that it's been a little bit of a change up from what we're used to um, that carry conversation has right now. So talking about that carry conversation, from your perspective as somebody just trying to, to – take the key moment of the best cash marketing options available to a producer. Is this looking past the stigma of we've always done it this way before the market's going to be cyclical just like it has every other time? Yeah. Um, this has been a really interesting round of conversations for me because I've not in the last six years, I've not had to push this hard to try and get more grain to move Jan, Feb, March. Um, you know, like I said, typically, we move a little bit, we get some cash flow going by, you know, shipping some grain, and then we finish up, we clean things up in May, June, July. That's just kind of our MO because carry is typically there. Um, good carry value is typically there. Um, just from a dollars and cents standpoint, you know, I, I look for between 9 and 10 cents to roll from the March to the May, typically. There is 4 cents right now. You figure um, in either rolling a, a hedge to arrive style cash contract or rolling a, um, a futures position on the board, there is inherently one to three cents of cost built into that roll. So let's say I'm the HGA guy and I'm going to roll my position from March to May on corn. I'm going to pick up four cents in a roll but it's going to cost me three cents to do. Well, a penny doesn't pay us to keep it in the bin. And so we've had to have that, that real detailed conversation about why is Heather asking me to haul this grain? I don't want to, I don't do this. I always wait till the summertime. And that's really, you know, the dollars and cents of it is why I want to move this grain. It's not paying us to store it on farm. And yes, we could continue to see basis appreciation, but you can't bank on basis appreciation versus you can definitely bank on whether or not the carry is there at the time you make the decision. So maybe basis continues to improve, but at this point, we're not paying for the on-farm storage while hoping basis improves. And quite honestly, I could argue with a lot of guys about why should basis not improve in the summertime? Well, I think it's because we haven't really seen the huge volumes of corn movement that we're typically used to in December, January, February. And I think our local basis is a huge indicator that we haven't seen those volumes of corn move. So at some point we will. My guess is we see them move early to mid-summer, and that would really swing our basis markets back the opposite direction from what we would typically see during that time of year. 
Again, we're talking with Heather Ramsey, the ARC Group. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Heather Ramsey with the ARC Group is joining us today. And Heather, just before we ended our first conversation, we were talking about the carry in the corn and the soybean markets. Folks, a little bit more on the corn. So let's look at soybeans right now. And we look at the carry from the March into the May contract there. We have 13 cents. You look out to July, you have closer to 30 cents. So a little bit more carry in the bean market than what we see for the uh, corn market. Does this benefit the producers? Yeah, this is uh, this is kind of a two for one, fantastic setup for bean guys. If you've got any hedges on, I guess I'm just really excited about the bean market right now. Um, I've if you've got hedges on, what we found out is that when you first put beans in the bin, you look at it and think, ah, eh, Carrie pays for us to store it. I don't know if basis will be there or not. But what we found over the last three or four years really is that in the state of Nebraska. We process so many beans and we ship out so many beans that there seems to always be this um, basis value that just kind of continues to grow and improve and linger all year long. And so that has been the case again this year. We're seeing some really, really amazing basis premiums. So if you had beans hedged and you wanted to generate some cash flow at any point in time between harvest and now, uh, we're talking about improvements between uh, 30 to 50 cents off of harvest basis values, which has been amazing. Paired with some strong carry, if you've had those hedges on there, you've been able to roll them. Um, you've put premium in your pocket on a roll from the no to the Jan to the March here every single time. Like you mentioned, you could roll out to the July, pick up 30 cents a carry on beans that more than pays for the storage uh, that far out on those beans. And then if basis sticks around and continues to remain strong, then you've made money on a basis as well. And these processors, it's, it's so funny because, you know, basis is a local demand thing, right? And these processors want beans. The thing about the elevators, a lot of our shuttle loaders in the state of Nebraska have, you know, contracts that go somewhere other than the Pacific Northwest and the, in the southern part of the state here. And so they're shipping out beans constantly, it seems like. So processors have to pull beans from further and further away from where their, you know, typical, um, I guess, region would be. And so to do that, they're bidding numbers that, you know, we haven't seen in several years right now. Um, some of those numbers are, you know, 20 under. Uh, to me, when someone says, hey, so-and-so's been 20 under, I automatically think corn. So to have that reference be to beans is a really positive sign for, for bean um, on-farm storage uh, operations. So it's been a really great time to have beans. You've got to have them hedge. You've got to be able to take advantage of carry. I always talk about that. You have to have a hedge on. Um, and there's some simple ways to, to do that. And there's some simple ways to still go out and protect futures and then, you know, let that basis come to you as well, um, even in the deferred months. So it's been a great time to have beans on farm. I don't typically say that, but I have to this year, I guess. <laughs> you know, Heather, it's interesting, but we're talking about those basis levels also very strong in corn. You look across the country and, and really the, a lot of these end users are calling for more of that grain to get to their location. The quicker, the better. So I know mm -hmm. we, we haven't seen China make any huge purchases, but when we see basis levels like this, what is that telling us about the physical commodity market here? Obviously, there is a need. There is a demand for grains. 
There is definitely a need and a demand for grain. And I think it's probably a, a pretty steady, actually, in the U.S. And the numbers tell us that, too. What we're finding is there's just more of a reluctance to become a physical seller of grain in the cash markets on a good majority of farms. And so that's kind of the disparity here is the end user wants the grain. The cash price isn't where farmers want to see it, so they're not selling it. Versus if you're the hedger, you have absolutely no qualms about taking advantage of a really, really great basis. When you did the work leading up to this crop being out of the field and pricing and managing that risk, you know, everything that we're hauling for corn right now is within a dime of $4 cash. Um, most of it is $4 or better, you know, that we're hauling for cash grain right now into these processors. Uh, you know, so that's just kind of to give you an idea of there's a 20 to 30 cent swing between what a standard cash price is versus what of I managed my risk, I sold in advance, and now I'm taking advantage of really, really good basis. And there's a 20 to 30 cents a bushel swing. In some cases, there's more than that. So it just really goes to show that you know, basis is strong because the cash market and physical selling is poor. But those guys that did a good job hedging or did any hedging in advance have been able to kind of pair some decent forward marketing with really good basis and come up with cash values that actually pencil and actually uh, do perform on farm. Again, we've been talking with Heather Ramsey of the ARC Group. Heather, we appreciate the time today. What is the best way to follow along with the ARC Group to see what their recommendations are or to even set up and figure out how they can implement their action onto your on-farm marketing plan? Yeah, definitely. Just uh, check us out on our website. It's www.agriskconsulting.net or give us a holler. I'm here in the office almost five days a week, uh, 402-484-7474, extension 125. And we're happy to come out and do a on-farm visit and just kind of walk you through how the plan can work and how we can help manage that risk on farm. And again, Heather Ramsey, the ARC Group. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their support of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Do remember, training futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors.